all your photo, video, and voiceover needs, check out the fine folks at Blu-ray Productions. They will take good care of you. If you don't believe me, you can see for yourself. Check out their work at BlueberryProductions.tv, the Facebook page, Blueberry Productions. Also, a Vimeo page, a YouTube page, and it's Blueberry, B-L-U-B-E-R-R-Y, Prod on Twitter. Check them out today. Blueberry Productions, great people, great work, great service. Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech, and 313 Fresh, Family Grind, ENT. Believe in it, get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404 542 607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. So I got to bring my man up there from Mitchell, New York. Tony T. Bone was on the show. Bone, man. What's good? Time to Boston Bone. What's good, man? 
Uh, a lot today, man. All of a sudden, my phone started blowing up this morning. That's crazy. Let's think about that, bro. Like, when I saw <laughs> the Woads bomb, I'm like, dude, about to get, get axed. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> happy as I don't know what, bro. So, for you covering that team on a daily basis, how toxic was it with the next organization under Phil Jackson and do you see them proving by him leaving? Because the Knicks didn't get better today by firing the guy. They still have a subpar roster. So is this just a, a media storm, a, a placate the fans for now? So what do you feel about that, man? I, I just feel that it, it was uh, weird timing. Uh, it reminds me of what the Buffalo Bills did when they had their draft this past April and then they fired their GM right after the draft. It, it didn't make any sense. It was kind of curious as to why they just act still now because there was a bit of arguments in the draft room that night. Phil even said so himself when they picked their draft pick, uh, and there are people in that room that you know that didn't want uh, you know you know Neil You know they didn't want him. They wanted you know Derek or, or they wanted Monk. And there was detention um, in that draft room. So it's curious as to let Phil pick his guy he wants and then ask Phil just a few days later. So to me, it was so nick of them to do this, to have this kind of dissension and this kind of function. It goes, it's on par with what always happens here in New York. Now, Bone, I feel like that Phil, to me, sabotaged the situation by. Eldon Carmelo Anthony uh, trying to get him to buy him out rather than trade him away somewhere and threatening to trade Chris Tapps, Porzingis over a missed exit meeting uh, when Derrick Rose went AWOL from a game and he was still out to play on the team. So to me, it seems like Phil was 71 years old. He was over the hill, didn't want to work. His antiquated system does not work. I feel like he just wanted out of the situation and I think that he was doing things to get himself fired. Now, People tell me I'm being a, too much of a cynic, but I feel like dude was doing stuff that was flagrant as I don't know what, and it looked like dude was trying to get out of there fast he could. Yeah, I I really don't want to believe uh, that Phil did this on purpose. Uh, for a guy who has 13 rings and has you know all kinds of accolades and and, and, and a huge legacy, I don't want to believe that this guy sabotaged his team on purpose. Or they just gave up on job. Like, you know what? I'm getting paid regardless. So I'm going to just kill the team, you know, and then get canned and then get paid for it. I don't want to believe that, even though I am from Jersey, so I'm from the New York area, so I'm I'm, I'm born I'm born jaded. But I, I don't want to believe that Phil did this on purpose. I just feel that Phil is just so stubborn with his love for the triangle that even when he hired Hornacek and Hornacek asked him, "Do I have to run the triangle?" and Phil said. We can run a mesh of things with your up-tempo and my triangle and can combine it. Uh, I just said that once Phil started going to practices and started getting tutorials to the big men about the triangle and kind of stepped on Hornbeck's toes, I think then that's when things turned sour for the Knicks because for so long, Phil was trying to stay out of business of the coaches. And I think that his ego and his will and his eagerness to have the triangle work and to show people that, that the panel can work without stars. Like remember, he's, he's had Michael and Scotty and Shaq and Cody. He's never, he never won a triangle offense you know, without any stars. I think that was almost his plan 
to show that talent can work on, on any level, you know, you know, for any talent level, and it didn't. And I think by then he started to say, you know what, this ship is sinking. And then I think he started to just, you know, almost not care anymore because he heard reports about him passing out at the workouts, you know, at the draft workouts. So it, it, I think it just came a time where Phil kind of like almost gave up on the job, but I don't want to say he did it on purpose. And it was funny, Bone, a Knicks player texted me with a prayer emoji. Like, this prayer has been answered today. Like, I was like that, that bad of players is sending me a prayer emoji. Like, my prayer has been answered. He's gone. Like, like I can't imagine. Like, I never, never saw a president try to coach a team from, from the stands or from, from the yeah. suite. That was weird to me, Bone. Like, that just didn't, like, for real, dude. Like, you're doing too much. Well, it's it's only weird if you haven't been around the Knicks as, as long as I have. I I've been I've been covering this beat for almost a decade, so to me it's not weird because I know uh, that once Phil came on board and once he started getting his his mix in there and he tried to get a triangle to work and he's at practices trying to teach his players about the triangle, guys would roll their eyes and, and guys would sigh and they didn't want to conform. Um, not naming any names, but I think we know, you know, as far as our main culprits go on the Knicks, who didn't like the triangle, never liked it, never wanted it. So, I mean, I, I know guys were weary of this, and it came to a point where it was almost going to be a mutiny because the players didn't want to be here. Uh, I've heard agents say that this is almost the last resort for players. If you're creating it out there and, 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 and no money out there for you, the Knicks are the last resort. And that's because of the Phil triangle effect. So to me, it's not weird that they're happening this way, but it's telling that players are sending emojis about thankful emojis, and guys are like, you can see them rolling their eyes. You know, if you ask about the triangle, it's 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 it's. I mean, it's weird to outsiders, but to us here in New York and covering the team, it's it's, it's just every day. Folks, we got Tony Tebow Whips here on the Boston Man Show, Boston Radio Network, BostonRadioShow.com. Bone, turn attention to, to the Atlanta Hawks. The team is about 20 miles from where I sit today in the studio. Uh, Dwight Howard got traded to Charlotte for nothing. Uh, Paul Millsap, probably gone. Tim Hardaway Jr., probably gone, unless they decide to match his contract offer. Top of the for agent, probably gone. Mike Dunleavy looking at, at the Minnesota Timberwolves, probably gone as well. Chris Humphreys on a one-year deal, whatever. Mike Muscala. <laughs> third, third backup. Don't really care about that. So, <laughs> bone the Atlanta Hawks full reset mode, full rebuild mode. Do arena. The arena's getting renovated as they announced today. Bone. What about the Hawks, man? You feel like the Hawks are just gonna be like Philadelphia? Trust the process, or do you think Coach Bud can survive a rebuilding effort, or will Mister? Uh, Travis Schwinker, the new general manager, decide, hey, I want to bring in my own guy to run my Golden State system rather than you. So how do you feel about the Hawks going forward with all these moves and spending for the Hawks this phrase period as this kicks off on Saturday here? It's it's weird about the Hawks because what, it's not too long ago that the Hawks were a top seed in the East and they were seen as a legit you know, contender. And now uh, it's almost like a gradual decline where they they ouster all these top stars, or, or they have to, you know, or, or have a you know a mini fire sale. So now they've gone from being one of the top in the two or three teams in the East to now go back to purgatory, 
where where they're almost where it's like they're not bad enough to be a lottery team, but not good enough to be a top contender anymore. So they're kind of it, it, you know you know in purgatory. And if they if they get rid of Millsap, then you know it's a full it's a full blow up, and and and, and you got to start from all over again. Which I don't know if they can. I don't know if they if they want to do it that way. But to me, it just seems like Millsap is probably already has one foot out the door or anyway. And you have all these moving parts in, in as far as guys who, you know, who I think either want out or, or, or will be traded or released outright soon. Uh, the Hawks right now are just in, in like that purgatory no man's land of the East. And it's bad news because the East isn't that great. So if you had a half a decent team, you can get a four seed and home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. But with the Hawks, they just don't – I don't think they know what they're doing. And, and we see the shake of management. And I don't know if players are happy with Bud anymore. And it is just an odd thing for Atlanta to have the resources and to have the backing ownership, and 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 they're bringing these pieces, you know, all, all these experts pieces, and they're not succeeding. And now, guys, it seems like there's almost a mutiny at hand in Atlanta. You got that right, and uh, I'm not looking for, well. I'm not looking forward to the Hawk games next year because I can imagine they'll remind me of the ISO Joe days where there's nobody there. So, <laughs> and the, I, I said the Hawks games are very much a social event. They're very lively, a lot of things are going on. But with the team not being so great in Atlanta, no, they're fair weather fans here. That's what happens. Like think of the, the Braves and the Falcons and the Hawks and the Thrashers and the Winnipeg Jets. Now, if you ain't winning, they ain't coming out here. So it's like, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it, it's it's funny because Atlanta is, is a popping. It's a popping city. It's great. It's a great city, uh, and, and like you said, you know, you know, teams are good, the fans are good, but when when there's apathy on, on, within a franchise, you see a lot of empty seats, or you see a lot of other teams' jerseys in the in this arena or in the ballparks. Uh, so uh, to me, the Hawks cannot fall to be that point where they let the Sixers, where they trust the process and start tanking. But if they start doing that intentionally. Fans won't show up, and when fans don't show up and there's apathy, then you really have a problem. And I think the Sixers now are finally are maybe turning a corner, but it took them, you know, almost a decade to get out of that rut. So I, I wouldn't suggest a, a full tank job for the Hawks. I would find a way to, you know, get some pieces in there, and I would find a way to kind of fix the the, the player coach relationship that we have because one of my here is not like Bud is losing the team. You will be correct. <laughs> I can confirm that you're you're correct, and it's gonna be a sad song. But but think about it. I'm gonna tell you what's good for Bud. Half the roster will be turned over, so he can has the opportunity to reestablish himself with younger, new guys who don't know what happened. Because unless you keep a Kent Bazemore around, you might find out some stuff, or Tory and Prince, or Malcolm Delaney or Wayne Brimbury, but those are young guys. But, hey, Bays might be trying too. Because who wants <laughs> to be paying him that much money to come off the bench? So Yeah, I, I, I think with a, a guy like Bud, he needs to have a young team where, he, you know, where he molds guys' minds and, and kind of gets them to the spur away because he is not the kind of guy that I've seen you know, up here in Jersey. He's not the kind of guy that I see – that kind of relates to veteran star players in the NBA. 
uh, he just seems like he, his, his, his player coach relationships are, are, are pretty bad from, from what I see. So he needs kind of a young team to, to mold his own vision. Uh, and, but if that happens, that means we're going to have, have a lot of losses. And with losses, constant apathy. And there's so many things, other things to do in Atlanta, you know, you know, after hours where fans yes. don't want to pay money for NBA games. They got to go out, you know, go out. You know, elsewhere. So you 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 can't have pay apathy in Atlanta because there are other things to do. You got there right now. I'll be taking in those things for sure after games. <laughs> <laughs> now, Bo, turns our attention out to the Western Conference. You have the L.A. Clippers trading Chris Paul for seven different guys. I'm not gonna name all the guys, but Lou Williams, Sam Decker, Montrez Harrell. For sure, and somebody else. I don't know. We don't matter who they are. But <laughs> he's going. He's going to Houston. He opted into his deal, and he's with the Rockets. But my quest trepidation for the Rockets is bone is this: Chris Paul likes to pound, 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 pound. So it's James Harden, Dan Tony. You saw it for yourself. Likes to run a one guy down with the ball, high pick and roll, space base the floor. The point guard makes a play for whoever's open. And that's he what he runs. And for the Clippers, it's like, hey, JJ Reddick's already gone. Uh, do you let does Blake come back? I think not. And it shows me how Chris Paul hates Doc Rivers to a degree because well, because he he wanted Doc there and now he's leaving Doc. So if you could, Bong, kind of kind of talk about this uh, Clippers Rockets dynamic and what it means for both teams going forward. Now I think for the Clippers, first thing first, if you DeAndre Jordan and and you signs or or, or have an agreement with, with the Mavericks down in Dallas, and then Chris Paul and Blake and Doc, they come to your house, and they lock you in your house, and, and beg you to come back to Clippers, and you say, okay, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to ditch Maverick, I'm going to go back, you know, I'm going to go back on my word, and I'm going to come back to Clippers, and then all of a sudden, a year, two years later, they're leaving him, so it's like, poor DeAndre, he went to all that scrutiny, because he reneged on the Mavs, he goes back to LA, and then they leave him, so it's like he's now stuck now because he may get moved himself. So it, the Clippers are a mess, uh, and and Doc Rivers has a lot of clues to do. I, I don't know if, if he can clean this up. Uh, Blake's probably gone, but I know Blake for sure is happy. Paul is gone, so that might actually help him stay in L.A. because he, him, and Chris Paul just did not mesh well. Uh, on the Rocket side, like you said, that those two guys they love the ball in their hands. Uh, Harden's usage. Is, is one of the highest in the league. It is the highest. He needs a ball in his hands. And Chris Paul is a natural point guard. I, I can't see him playing the two or off guard position, you know, even in D'Antoni's offense where D'Antoni's half things spread out and evenly. I can't see Paul playing off the ball and being a, being a, more of a shooting guard. I can't see it happening. Uh, to me, it's interesting to see. I know that I've heard reports that, that Harden and Paul have talked before. Uh, and they said they can work this out together. And, and it can work. But to me, I'm a skeptic. I can't see these two guys working together because they're so ball dominant. And D'Antoni loves high pick and rolls, which means when one guy has the ball in his hand, the other guy is standing in the corner waiting for, for, for a set shot. I, I don't know how it's going to work, but D'Antoni, I will tell you, is one of the great minds of basketball I've ever been around. But so anyone can figure it out, it's him. But I still have my doubts. And I have doubts about, too, uh, Kind of bring Houston back into it, Bone. Is that Indiana wants to haul for wants to haul for Paul George to be a one year rental? 
Uh, Daryl Moore is going to be aggressive trying to get Paul George and or Carmelo Anthony from the Knicks. And there's a trail on the table with the Cavs, Suns, and Indiana where the Cavs would have got Bledsoe and George. Fry and Kyrie would have went out there to Phoenix and and, 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 and Pacers would have got draft picks. And so Boston, Danny Ace has like seven picks. Do you try to roll the dice and cash it on Paul George, knowing he's going to be there for a year, hoping he won't stay after after he plays for you guys? Or do you just, you know, give him a little ball offer and say, hey, if Chicago got this for Jimmy Butler, I'm, we're not giving you this for a one-year rental guy. So what's your feeling on the whole Pacer dynamic with Danny Angel and the Celtics trying to get Gordon Hayward, maybe a Blake Griffin, and Houston trying to get in on the streets to get Paul George? What, what do you feel like this Paul George thing is going? And the way you feel like he'll end up probably when he gets finally moved, where do you think he'll be at, man? Yeah, I, I, think, it's, I think it's almost impossible for any contending team uh, to get Paul George this year, this year because as you said, he's a one-year rental, and he's already pretty much said he's a one-year rental. Uh, it's going to be hard for me to believe that Paul George, if he goes to Boston or Cleveland, you know, or LA or Houston, it's hard for me to believe that even though even he has success there for one year, that he'll say, you know, I'm going to sign the long term. His heart is in LA. We already know that. His heart is already in purple and gold in his mind. So to me, to have him go as a one-year rental, uh, if I'm Indiana, I want to try to ask for the moon back uh, because you know that Paul has all the hands in this, and it's very rare when a player has hands in, in, in any kind of in any kind of scenario. So to give up so much for one-year rental, uh, I don't know if Houston can do it. They might they might have to get a third team involved because they gave up all their assets to get Paul. So I don't know what kind of assets they have to give up for, for Paul George just for, for a one-year deal, one-year rental. Uh, I, I would say the best bet is probably Cleveland. Uh, but like you, but I, I've been told that, you know, that guys in, in the Cavs are trying to dissuade other free agents to come in because they know they have a thinking feeling that this team is going to be looking a lot different next year after next season. So, uh, for me, it makes sense for Paul to go there for a one-year deal in Cleveland as a rental. Uh, but does Cleveland want to gut their roster for a guy they know they're only a half to eight months? I, I don't know. This, this whole thing is so bananas because there are so many moving parts. Boston has assets, I think, more than anyone else that has to get uh, Paul George. But does Danny Ainge want to give those picks? And one of those picks will have to be the Brooklyn Nets pick. And I don't know if Ainge ready. I, I don't think Ainge can do that. Nah, if I'm Danny Ainge, think about this. You would have beat out LeBron James because I think he's gone after next year. Yeah. I think he's gone. So hold it tight one more year. Let him get out of Cleveland and try to find some. Because honestly, I don't know where else he can go and compete against Golden State. I think Golden State is just that, that, that good, Bone, is that I don't think there's a team that can really – he can put him over the top, maybe Portland, but how they gonna afford him? You know what I'm saying? It's like now it's like how do you fit in on LeBron James salary in the end of your cap to go against Golden State? And does he want to go out west? Does he want to return to Miami? So I think like with the the, the new TV money kind of messed the league because everybody's now gonna be cap strapped because they spent too much money. So it's so like where can you really go? You know the Lakers with Lonzo Ball maybe with Paul George to try to do some, but that's still a budget situation. So I feel like. 
that LeBron's kind of landlocked to a degree, Bone, because of how the money was spent last summer, will be spent this summer, and that's how Golden State is going to get even better with how being together one more year. Yeah, I, I think the best plan, I mean, other than the Lakers next year when they have $60 million under the cap and they get two max guys, if those two max guys are LeBron and Paul George, then we have a real good race in the West between Golden State and, and Lakers. But let's just be realistic. If they don't have to have that happen and the Lakers don't get George and and or LeBron, then teams are going to have to weigh out the Golden Warriors for at least another three or five years until they get until they age out. Because there's no other team in the West, even with Houston now getting Chris Paul, I don't think I don't think that there's a team in the West that comes within, you know, at least at least five, six games of the Warriors in the standings in the West. Uh, and that, that includes San Antonio. Even though San Antonio, when they're fully healthy, they were blowing out Golden State in Game One of the, of the Conference Finals. But I, I don't think that there's any team right now that's constantly presently constituted that can beat Golden State in the West. Uh, and and Houston, they give a lot of their assets. They give a lot of depth on their roster. And they give and they get some scoring power now. Okay, with Lou Williams, and they gave a, a stopper in Beverly. So. So I don't know if there's anyone there right now that can match up with Golden State right now as is. But if the Lakers pull up that coup, if Magic pulls it off and gets LeBron, George, Ball, and those, and Ingram, a rising Ingram together, then we have a little bit of a series and a, a dog fight. But right now, I would stand tapping teams. I wouldn't even I wouldn't give all the assets to Chase Golden State because there's no one near them right now. I hear that now. Bone, look at this. Look at look at this bone right here. Golden State. Fragrance are Ian Clark, Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston. You got David West, Jazak Pachulia, Matt Barnes, and these guys with the young guys on the roster. Uh, can Golden State afford to pay Livingston, Iguodala, and keep those guys around? Or can Golden State go the route of, hey, Andre gets a four-year deal. We can't do that because he's 33 years old and he showed decline this year. And Livings as well. So you give them two year deals, three year deals. If I'm Golden State, if you was go, you use Bob Myers, how would you handle the the top eight guys off the bench of Golden State? With David West, would have been David West, would have been uh, you know, Livingston and Igor Dollar. Do you bring back Zaza Zaza Pachulia? You bring him back, JaVale McGee. So if you're looking at that roster Golden State, how they do they spare parts? How would you handle it if you was them? Well, I, I would first of all, first of all, I would try to appeal to them. You know about getting getting another ring with me if I'm going if I'm the, if I'm if I'm management in Golden State. Uh, but the reality is, as you say, Iguodala is 33. This is probably his last big payout, his cash out. So I don't know if you can persuade him back just on sheer sentiment alone, because sentiment doesn't pay the bills. So if if you're Iguodala and you get green pastures and someone offers you a guaranteed four year deal, you almost have to take that. And if you're Golden State, you cannot match that. Uh, I know Durant said that, he, that in, in that and he'll wait to see what they do in Golden State before he resigns. Because he he'll resign here in Golden State, Durant. He's, he's coming back, but I think he's gonna wait and see what they do as far as the fair parts around him. Same thing with Steph. I think they're gonna wait and see kind of thing. Uh, but if you're Golden State, even new TV money, you cannot overpay for Livingston, for for uh, David West, and, and for Iguodala. But they do have some good young talent coming up. We saw in the finals that that, that some guys got playing time that, that you're almost like, who? That guy's on the floor in the finals, and they're actually playing well. 
so one thing Golden State does well is, is, is they groom their young guys and they draft very well. Uh, I'm not sure if they can afford those to give up a lot of money in years to, to Iguodala or Livingston or West or Jaja. Uh, to me personally, I let those guys go, and I would trust my process as a scout and talent evaluator, and I would get guys to the draft. Because you know what? In the NBA, it's star-driven. They have four stars. They have two of those four stars are superstars. You can still build a roster with, with fringe guys out there and not overpay for them. Exactly. I think that second tier for agency, when all the money, the big money dries up, you can find some guys at second and third tier that can help your roster. I like Ike Ramon Sessions because Ian Clark, you is not hearing seven million dollars for Ian Clark, who didn't play in the game, game five, and he was he was that backup poker all, all year long in, in that Barbosa role. So it was like it's interesting to see Bone, but I feel like Bone. Look at the agency as we get started here on Saturday. Bone is this: Golden State has the whole league screwy. They 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 like they they have screwed up the whole league because they, they don't nobody knows what to do to kind of beat them. It's like, do I cap myself out to end up in the second round of playoffs every year, or to cap, or to stop at the conference finals? Do I cap myself out? It kind of reminds me of the of the Jordan Bull days almost of how teams approach just won't won't finish in the second round of playoffs or get to the conference finals and lose, and that's a good year for them. Yeah, I, I think almost an entire league except maybe two or three other teams, the entire league is just in a purgatory state where they just have to weigh it out. They just have to build their assets and they have stop tossing talents and weigh it out until goals they try to come back down to the pack a little bit. Uh, because right now there's no one that can compete with them uh, in the league. And I know Cleveland was a Kyle Korver mystery away from having a 2-2 series tie in the finals. But Hey, the reality was he missed a shot. LeBron gives a three to Durant, and and they went on, and they went on to win that game and go three up, three up. And so I mean, there's no one really out there to compete with the cat the Warriors. Right now. The Warriors right now are head shoulders above everyone else. Uh, so like you said, just just wait out, stop hard town because what are you going to do? Are you going to max out your cap every year just to get in the second round and play them and lose to them, uh, or, you know, or even get to the conference finals and lose to them? It's it, it, it's just the kind of thing right now in the NBA that I know Adam Silver was dreading, and the kind of thing that 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 they tried to avoid with the whole parity with the CBA, and it kind of backfired on them because Kevin Durant just tilted the whole landscape, of, you know, the whole league. So it's it's one it's a problem that Silver has, and I'm not sure the answer for. I hear that, man. Bone, before, before we close up, Bone, before we close up on this greatest Boston most segment in NBA fragrancy primer here. Talk about what you got going on, Metro New York, man. Which 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 gonna be covering the next few weeks as you get here to training camp for the for the Jets and the Knicks. So talk about what you got over here for you, man. Well, right now, of course, the whole match was filled, and and we'll be diving in, in into seeing who they find a replacement for. Uh, you know, I would say keep an eye on 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 Ujiri, the, the guy in Toronto who was at Denver, who ironically gashed Dolan in the whole Carmelo Anthony trade originally. So it will be almost fitting for Dolan to go get Ujiri after Ujiri robs him in that in that Carmelo trade to have him become now his shot caller. And now what that does with Steve Mills right now currently the general manager that's an interesting to see. But right now I'll be focusing on the Knicks, and then once July twentieth rolls around, I'll be going Jet Camp. Okay, I got one more off the Knicks. What about Allen Houston? Is he gonna get yeah. a good chance? 
Allen Houston hasn't been hasn't groomed for this spot for this very role for almost a decade now. He's been and he's been with the Knicks for that long behind the scenes working under under Mills. So he's been groomed. I'm not sure if Dolan is ready to hand over the keys to the kingdom to Allen Houston, but he is one of Dolan's favorite sons. Uh, I, I will say that. So, so the possibility of Allen taking over, it, it's a real possibility, but I would think that if Dolan wants to make a splash and immediate impact, he will go see what it's his get a jury for Toronto. It may cost him picks, picks the Knicks, I think, to hold on to, but if they can't pry a jury, I would definitely say, you know, I, I would definitely groom Allen for this job. Definitely. No doubt. Well, folks, you got it from the man himself, Tony Tebow, with another boss and bone segment here on the Boss Man Show. Hope you enjoyed that, folks. Fragrance is coming up. It's going to be crazy and wild. We are out. your photo video and voiceover needs check out the fine folks blu-ray productions they will take good care of you if you don't believe me you can see for yourself check out their work at blueberryproductions.tv the facebook page blueberry productions also a vimeo page a youtube page and it's blueberry b-l-u-b-e-r-r-y prod on twitter check them out today blueberry productions great people great work great service Fantasy football season is fast approaching, and if you're looking for an edge this season, you need to contact the guys at Draft Day Consultants. The concept is a simple one. Draft Day Consultants takes your requests and connects you with one of their trusted analysts, who then guide you through your draft, whether you just need a sounding board on decisions, or if you need them to conduct your entire draft. Draft Day Consultants has you covered. Every one of their consultants has a proven track record of success, and have conducted hundreds, even thousands of mock drafts. Thanks to this year-round research and analysis, the guys at DDC have an unmatched understanding of player values. So gain an edge on your league mates this season by hitting up DraftDayConsultants.com. That's www.DraftDayConsultants.com. Now get after it, fantasy footballers. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grind ENT, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today, True Speech and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academics.com and athleticsconsulting.com.
Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you.